Hi everyone and thanks for joining us for this week's Memcast. In this episode, Dr Sarah Bell, one of our consultant dermatologists, will be talking to us about melanoma. Thanks Rachel. Hi guys, I've got some more dermatology for you. Now we recently talked about skin cancers that you might see on your exams. I hope you remember that there are two main types, melanoma and the non-melanoma skin cancers. And in the last podcast, we discussed the non-melanoma type, basal cell and squamous cell carcinoma. So today we'll cover the melanoma type of cutaneous cancer. And again, I will look at the pathogenesis presentation. I'll go through the treatments and prognosis. And at the end, the quick summary. So melanoma, as you know, can be an aggressive tumor if presents late. However, if caught early, the prognosis is excellent. Thankfully, the vast majority do present early. Melanoma arises from the melanocytes, which are found in the basal layer of the epidermis alongside the basal cells. Melanocytes function to protect these highly mitotic basal cells by producing melanin, which gets transferred to the basal cells to shield their nuclei from UV damage. So what happens to the melanocytes to cause malignant transformation? Well, the pathogenesis involves numerous genetic alterations within different pathways, coupled with deep interaction of the melanoma cells within the immune system and within their microenvironment. So endogenous and exogenous factors. Risk factors for melanoma include intermittent, intense UV light exposure, especially in childhood and adolescence. Interestingly, this differs from the non-melanoma skin cancers, where the risk seems to come from more long-term cumulative sun damage. Other risk factors include having light skin with a tendency to sunburn, several or atypical moles, and prior history of melanoma or other non-melanoma skin cancers. Now, having a strong family history with two or more first-degree relatives and or associated familial melanoma syndrome, most commonly the CD. KN2A gene mutation can also put one at risk. Now, melanoma usually affects a younger population, and we see a peak at around 20 to 45 years of age, with the majority arising around the fourth decade. UK incidence of melanoma is greater than 1 in 10,000 a year, and this has increased by greater than 200% in the last 20 years. This is more rapid than any other cancer. And we know that melanoma can occur in existing moles or arise de novo in normal skin. Melanoma can be found on sun-exposed skin, but can equally be seen on non-sun-exposed areas. And generally in males, you'll see them on the back, even in men who report they never take their shirts off. And in females, melanoma is often found on the legs. And yes, even in ladies who never get their legs out. Now, patients can report a changing mole or a newly pigmented area on the skin. However, many cases are picked up incidentally by a doctor or sometimes even a friend or family member who say, hey, you should get that mole checked. Clinically, we can use the A, B, C, D, E criteria noted in your revision books to remind us of the malignant features seen in most melanomas. So A for asymmetry, B for border irregularity, C for color variation, D for diameter, and these days the textbooks mention greater than 0.5 millimeters. Now many pigmented lesions can have 
A, B, C, D features. And as a dermatologist, the E is pivotal. It is vitally important and represents an evolving or changing lesion. Because if it's changing, then it's likely to be abnormal. These are the ones we urge you to pay attention to and to refer to dermatology so we can catch them early. Now there are different subtypes of melanoma, including superficial spreading and nodular, and then the more uncommon subtypes of lentigo maligna melanoma and acral lentiginous melanoma. So let's start with superficial spreading melanoma, which is by far the most common type, around 80% of all melanomas. So this is the type that you'll see most in practice. Clinically, you'll see a dark pigmented macule or a thin plaque, so just palpable. It may have a notched border, varying shades of brown and other variations in color, including black, blue, gray, pink, and red. When you look closely at the lesion, you may see areas of regression, which appear scar-like or skin-colored. The superficial spreading type usually follows a horizontal or radial growth phase initially, and this means malignant cells stay within the epidermis, producing that flat macule of changing color. This radial growth can go on for months to years. The pigmented area will slowly enlarge and an unknown proportion will become invasive. And when they do, the cells grow deeper and enter a vertical growth phase. They cross the basement membrane of the epidermis and enter the dermis. Now, as melanoma moves down into the dermis, clinically this may appear as a thickening of part of the lesion, and we may see more color changes and or ulceration and or bleeding. This slow horizontal behavior of superficial spreading type is very different from another type of melanoma called nodular melanoma. Up to 15 to 30% of melanomas are of the nodular type. This is the second most common melanoma in light-skinned people. Clinical appearance is a dark pigmented papule or nodule with rapid onset, so it starts in a vertical growth pattern. About 5% of nodular melanomas are amelanotic, which means they have no pigment, and these can be quite tricky to diagnose. The other less common melanomas include subtypes of lentigo maligna and acral lentiginous melanoma. So lentigo maligna melanoma is an interesting subtype. In fact, as research develops, the latest experts think that this may be a different subtype altogether. Lentigo maligna melanoma evolves from a macular pigmented lesion called lentigo maligna, which is a form of in situ melanoma, where the malignant cells lie only within the epidermis. It is often seen on the head, neck, nose, cheek, or upper extremities, mainly in the elderly patient around 60 to 80 years of age. Clinically, one sees a hyperpigmented patch with varying shades of brown and an irregular border. These can grow slowly in diameter over five to even 20 years. They have a lower rate of transformation to invasive melanoma than the other forms of in situ melanoma, less than 5% overall. However, the risk of invasion increases the larger the lesion, so we need to be careful in lesions greater than 4 centimeters. Another rare subtype of melanoma is acral lentiginous melanoma. 
Interestingly, this subtype is thought not to be directly related to sun exposure. Acrolentiginous melanoma involves the palms, soles, and nail bed. There is equal frequency in the light and dark skin population, but this is the most common subtype seen in those with darker skin. It has been reported that the famous reggae singer, Bob Marley, died from this type of melanoma. It can present as a hyperpigmented patch with varying shades of brown or black and irregular borders, similar to the superficial spreading, or appears a streak under the nail that then progresses. There is a poor prognosis with this type of melanoma, and this is generally thought to be mainly due to a delay in presentation and therefore diagnosis. So, treatment for melanoma. Now there are nice guidelines for those who are interested, and these are about to be revised as we are constantly learning more and more about melanomas. Initial treatment for a melanoma lesion is urgent excision with narrow margins. Staging and prognosis is then based on certain histological features seen from this sample. The most important histological feature is the Breslow thickness, which is the measurement of the depth of invasion. We also look at ulceration. A wide local excision and or sentinel lymph node biopsy are then performed depending on the stage. For advanced cases, immunotherapy can be used and there are many different biological therapies such as ipilimumab, a monoclonal antibody that targets cytotoxic T lymphocyte associated antigen 4. This therapy is mentioned in your revision textbooks. And as our knowledge of melanoma moves on, so do the biologic therapies. So you are likely to see another therapy called pembrolizumab now. There are also the BRAF inhibitors, such as vemurafenib and debrafenib. These target melanoma tumors with BRAF gene mutations. And these will likely be replaced with newer biologics in future. It is important to remember that the biggest prognostic factor for melanoma is the Breslow thickness on histology. Metastasis is rare for thinner melanomas, so prognosis is good. For example, if we have a patient whose melanoma has a Breslow thickness of less than 0.75 millimeters, they will have a 10-year survival of about 95%, which is excellent but risk steadily increases with thickness. So in a melanoma with a Breslow thickness of greater than four millimeters, the 10-year survival rate drops to around 50%. Therefore, early diagnosis is crucial. Now that's a lot of information to take on board. So let's do a quick summary of the melanoma type skin cancer. Malignant melanoma, superficial spreading, and nodular, most common subtypes. Treatment, initial excision for staging, then wide local excision, plus or minus sentinel lymph node biopsy, and immunotherapy for advanced disease. Prognosis and risk of metastasis depends on Breslow thickness, so early diagnosis vital. Early presentation, good prognosis. Late presentation, aggressive, high-grade, and life-threatening. And points to remember generally is the importance of sun protection, early detection, and patient education to increase awareness. 
I hope this podcast helped you to understand more about cutaneous melanoma. All the best for your exams.